Good evening. I'm Angela Cocott, your host for On Point. Hope you're having a lovely evening. Over my time as a broadcaster, I have shared countless studies on the impact alcohol has on our health, from the benefits of red wine to the dangers of binge drinking. Now a new report has come out highlighting the health risks of even moderate alcohol consumption. Dr. Adam Shirk, a scientist at the University of Victoria, part of the expert panel that informed the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction. Joining us this evening, Dr. Shirk, thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me on today. I don't know how long you've been researching this, but you've probably seen similar things that my listeners have gone through over the last number of years, from one study that says, oh, one glass a day is fine, to don't have any alcohol. Give me an idea what the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction was looking at when they were compiling their report. Sure, that's a great question, and the, and the report is an update of Canada's lowest drinking guidelines. So what we, you know, the difference here is that sometimes we'll hear about one particular study um, that finds that alcohol is protective for heart disease or some other condition. But importantly here, and like you said, I was on the expert panels that inform them, we don't look at individual studies, we look at like groups of studies. So they're, they're, they kind of build up the evidence into these groups of studies. It's not just a one-off. Um, so it's really the, the information on alcohol use against all the different conditions that alcohol causes. There's about 43 of them in particular. So what are some things that our listeners should be aware of, especially when you talk about the, the, the low risk or the risk of moderate to heavy alcohol use? The really interesting thing about this report is that the guidelines now, um, the guidelines on alcohol and health, the amount, the weekly amount that we're uh, kind of guided to use is much lower than before. So the previous guidelines were about 10 drinks for a woman per week or 15 drinks for a man. And now that that level, um, these zones are much lower, somewhere between two and six drinks per week. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, the evidence has kind of evolved toward alcohol being more harmful than we thought. And these, the, this new guidance kind of reflects that overall feeling. So someone might be listening and saying, wow, that does not sound like very much to drink in a week. But what is the health impact of even for a woman, a, a couple of glasses of alcohol? And I want to get into details on that as well. But even a couple of glasses a week on her health. Yes, yeah, so so two drinks um, a week is, is quite low risk. So that, that the three drinks per week and going up is where we really start seeing some of the health risks. In particular, small amounts of alcohol, even that three drinks per week, that's going to get you into the cancer categories. So there's this very strong link between alcohol and cancer. Uh, many different types of cancer for women, especially breast cancer, is, is a very important one. Also colorectal cancer for, for both men and women. So getting into three drinks a week or more, you're starting to increase that risk that you're going to develop cancer because of your alcohol use. Does it depend on when you say three drinks a week or more, is it different if those three drinks aren't spread out over a week but on a Saturday evening with friends? Yeah, that's a great question. So it is, it is different. Um, certainly clustering those drinks together is more harmful in general, especially toward, you know, going beyond cancer, talking about injuries, right, talking about those acute effects if you, if you become intoxicated. 
um, from however many drinks that takes, you're certainly at a much higher risk for, for injury and those types of things. But even for the chronic health conditions that build up over time, um, cancer being one, you know, it's, it's going to be better to, kind of, to spread those drinks out than to cluster them. Because that effect in your body, if you have three all at once, you know, it's a lot for your body to handle um, ethanol. Pure alcohol is, is what's called a group one carcinogen, so it's quite carcinogenic. And that's kind of going through your digestive system as when you use, when you drink it. You are listening to On Point. My guest is Dr. Adam Shirk. He is a scientist at the University of Victoria, but also was part of the expert panel that informed the report for the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction. Now let's just talk about the definition of a drink, because um, it's interesting uh, that I was also reading in the report that they are going to be recommending labeling on liquor bottles, because my definition maybe of three drinks would be different than um, a man's definition of three drinks. So what is it? Wine versus beer, whiskey versus seltzer? I'm just trying to understand how you define it. That's a great question. I love that question. Um, so the, yeah, so the, the drink, which we could also call a unit, it's, it's an amount of pure alcohol or ethanol, right? So it doesn't matter what um, type of alcohol you're drinking, beer, wine, spirits, but it's about the amount of pure alcohol that you're having. And so in, in Canada, we call this unit the amount of ethanol that's in a bottle of beer. That's 5% strength. And this is just because um, previously beer was the most drank thing, the bottle was the kind of most used container, and so that's a bit historical. But So that's what a unit is, but it's based on the ethanol. And so the, one of the issues is that we have in Canada, the units of alcohol, the number of standard drinks, isn't labeled in these different containers. So if you have like a king can of beer that's 8%, that's way more than one unit. That's like, that's two units or even a bit more. And so we really need to kind of standardize or unitize alcohol and ethanol so that we understand how much of that psychoactive drug we're, we're consuming. That's interesting. Okay, how would you envision the labeling then? Let's say if it's a bottle of vodka versus a bottle of wine, how would those labels look to inform the consumer? Great question for the units. Many other countries have unit labeling. Think about the UK or Australia. They both have this. And it's just, it's another piece of information. Theirs is at the, the, the top of the bottle, um, if, if it's a bottle. Where we're really getting at is things that are typically drank in one use, you know, like a bottle of beer, a can of beer, seltzers and coolers, things like that, or a bottle of wine is often, you know, kind of one use. The bottle of vodka would still be helpful to know that there are, you know, 28 drinks or whatever it is in a bottle of vodka, but then you're kind of free pouring it right into so that you need another measurement device there. But when you're drinking it yourself, especially these single use containers that we're, we're opening to drink right away, then it's a lot easier for our own record keeping, you know, how much, how much alcohol we're using to have that labeled on the bottle. Uh, very interesting. You know, a conversation 30 years ago, we wouldn't be having uh, about women who are pregnant and drinking. I mean, that has all changed in all this time. So the importance of awareness, and this seems like another education tool. We, we focus on the health a lot of alcohol. What about the mental health? What did the, the report find when it comes to um, individuals' mental health and the cost it has on maybe our society's mental health. Did they get into that at all? 
That's a great question. So we did look at that. There is a particular panel, which wasn't the one that I was on, that looked at mental health and, and alcohol use. So the evidence here is, is it's, it's a bit more difficult to parse out because um, it's like a chicken and egg thing. Mm-hmm. Does alcohol use cause mental health problems or are you more likely to use more alcohol if you already have those mental health problems? And so the, the evidence is just a bit more... It's a bit more fuzzy. It's difficult to make recommendations on that, but the kind of the overall conclusion is to to be cautious. You know, with with all with the overall um, takeaway from the guidelines is that when it comes to alcohol, less is better. And I think that less is better mantra can really be applied to both our physical and our mental health. Um, it, it's more difficult to make quantitative guidelines when it comes to mental health, but that overall kind of feeling that that less less alcohol is is healthier, at least in, in this way, is um, something to keep in mind. So even with the unit labeling, would you also see the labeling almost like cigarettes then? Um, this product could cause cancer, or is it? are they just focusing on recommending uh, putting labels that would show the unit and allowing people to understand what it does to their system? In these guidelines, um, because they're about the number of drinks, that the guidelines, that document that you described at the beginning, was specific to focus in on the unitization, like putting units on the bottles. But from myself and from other research that I've done um, and at my institute here, we've really looked at that, that cancer warning, and that's something that we feel uh, really needs to be moved forward in terms of alcohol. When you think about an alcoholic can, a beverage, you know, an alcoholic container, alcohol's kind of got this free pass. It's almost kind of strange to think about um, so many things in our society, even when the link between that product and cancer is quite weak. They're labeled with a cancer warning, but alcohol is not. And the link there is not weak. It's very strong. So like there's, there can be no doubt that alcohol causes cancer. So the fact that that um, isn't on these, these products that we're drinking, you know, we're consuming them, that's, that's a bit behind the times, I would say. So from our institute's perspective, having a cancer warning label as well uh, on alcoholic products uh, is, is very good advice. Now, what it looks like, you know, because you mentioned the ones on cigarette, uh, you know, on cigarettes, those are quite drastic or yeah. quite, you know, kind of visceral. So not necessarily recommending that, although that's one avenue that could be done. But the Certainly the information that alcohol causes cancer should be passed um, to us more as, you know, the, the users of alcohol if we, if we do use. Great conversation, Dr. Adam Shirk. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me. Dr. Shirk is a scientist at the University of Victoria and was part of that expert panel that informed the report for the Canadian Centre on Substance Use and Addiction. He joined us this evening.